The sky was all purple, there were people running everywhere Ladies and gentlemen, boy, I hope you are ready. This has been a marathon uh, series here. This is part three of uh, our review of the 1999 Deluxe. Uh, we already did the album. We did disc one and two and disc three. Uh, now we're here with disc four. And uh, again, continuing to join me today here is Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer. How are you? I'm doing great. There's a lot of music to digest. A lot of people, myself included, were a little concerned about the price for the super ultra cool deluxe vinyl. But damn, you get a lot of money bang for your buck. So yeah, can't can't hate on that. <laughs> no, nah, not at all. Not at all. Also, we have joining us Mr. Day Dropping. Sir, how are you? I'm doing well, Mike. Just look, getting ready to go into the CD4. A lot of good stuff here. A lot of good stuff to talk about. Yes. And uh, let me shout out to Mr. Ant Poole. He was with us for the first two parts, but he had to dip out and take care of some business. So we salute him. Uh, but we'll hold his place uh, in line uh, as we continue on. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, so number one here is Possessed, the 1982 version. Um, go to uh, Day Dropping. Yeah, well, with this one, I mean, a lot of us have have already heard this version. But again, as with the same with all of these tracks on on all these CDs, the the quality is so crisp on these, so pristine. I'm just glad it's officially out now, so we can talk about it. Um, it's got a different feel. Uh, it's on par with more of what he would play live during that 1999 Purple Rain tours. You know, we've all well, a lot of us heard it a million times, but. This is just a little uh, uh, clearer and cleaner, and that's always a good thing. Um, I personally like this version a little bit better than the Possessed version that we got on the Purple Rain Deluxe uh, thing, but they're, they're almost two different songs, but um, but they are the same song, and I like this version a little bit better. I like this one. It, it's, it's good. I've heard it a bunch of times, and I'm glad that it's finally out there for everybody to enjoy. It's an 8 out of 10. All right, I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. Uh, this is one of those ones that's been floating around uh, in the fan community for many years. Um, I always dug it. Uh, but again, to me, I always fall back to the Syracuse, New York performance. <laughs> it was the, how I first heard the song and taped it off of the VHS tape and made a cassette tape and would jam that for many years. You know, So to me, that is it's hard for me to not think of that version but i appreciate them putting this on there it sounds great uh and again it's a part of this time period so uh it's great to have it here finally uh big sexy i got a co-sign thing you just said you know when i hear this song i immediately go back to the syracuse and that portion was on fire i don't think this is one of the rare times where the studio doesn't capture the burn of the song. Uh, now, granted, the tempo is a little, little higher in Syracuse, but for completionist's sake, I'm glad it's included in this set. But the go-to is always the Syracuse live version for me. All right. And let's move it on. So the next one is Delirious, and this is the full-length version. Um, Again, this is one of those ones that has been sort of circulating, I think, a somewhat different version of this. I, I think it doesn't have the 
initial longer drum intro. Well, I could be wrong, but I remember the boom, 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 boom. It kind of plays around with that for a little bit. Uh, I, I love this is on here for completest sake. Um, again, I have no complaints here. You have to include this to me if there is a longer version. You know, I've always talked about that fade syndrome, <laughs> which was brought up in, uh, earlier in the podcast. And so I love that they put this on here. Now you have it pristine. This is already a great song. It's a, it's a Prince classic. Uh, so I have no problem with this. This is dope. Uh, day dropping. Right. You know, and, and I, I agree with you to a degree on that one. I think that uh, this one falters a little bit r compared to, say, uh, like Little Red Corvette, that its full length version that actually seems to add to the song a bit. Um, whether you like how it adds it to it or not, is it's a different thing, but it does add to it. This one here seems to just kind of drag and go on uh, with, with no real uh, in additional to the song it, it, you know it seems like it got stuck on repeat a couple of times and there now you have the full length and um you know it, it's it, i mean i love the track i love the song i just don't think that this full length version it's here for the completest uh aspect and on that respect i, I dig it but as far as enjoying it for a full length version of a song um it doesn't quite hold up for me. Um, again, it goes on too long. So this one, six out of 10. It's okay. But I, I, I'll listen to the original on the, on the album for it. Big Sexy. Got a co-sign. Everything I've heard so far, I mean, it's just longer. <laughs> There's no extra you know, goodies on it. Like, for instance, when you play the long version of Thieves in the Temple, you get a whole nother deal with that. This, no, no, just still getting delirious. Yeah, it goes out for a couple more minutes, you know. And I'm going to use the word again for completion's sake. It's great to have it on here. And Mike, you mentioned this has been out circulating for a while. I've never heard it, so I'm glad I get to hear it now in pristine version or pristine condition. But. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. That, that pretty much sums it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that for anyone who, you know, who has not a, who, who has not had a lot of Prince stuff over the years, I think they'll get a kick out of hearing this though. Like, like, wow, this is okay. This is the full song. I never heard, you know, so uh, I think it's dope. Um, let's just keep moving. We get into some good stuff here. Number three, uh, purple music. This is this song has been circulating in various forms uh, for many years. There's even a uh, piano and Prince version of this, right? Like with some of the tracks turned down. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot of different versions of this, but finally, a official release of this. You know, the whole damn near 11 minutes version of this. Uh, this to me is another one. This is golden. Like I, I know the song to death already, but to hear it like this, it's just perfect. Um, I always wondered what was the story behind this song and why it wasn't released or something. I just feel like this would have been an anthem for Prince. Like it just seems like it encompasses, at least to me from a fan's perspective, what I feel about his music at times. Like, and the fact that he was singing about that, like, you know, 
my own music gets me high. Purple music is just this is a this is a jam. Uh, it's one of those like song, Prince was like good at writing like these sort of anthem type uh, code songs. Like you know, Uptown was like that uh, controversy a little bit. He he just had a way of making these songs that were about his scene. And you would just like, yeah, man, I feel the same way about this. So this song is incredible. Um, this And there's slightly different things in this than the versions I've heard before. Um, so this is, a, this is for me, for a Prince fan, in my opinion, this is one of the songs that gets you to, you know, you're, you're paying to get this uh, as well. Um, Day Dropping, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, this was not some a song, a track when I knew it was on here that that I was necessarily looking forward to because I'd heard it so, so many times. Uh, I will say that this is a highlight of this collection. Um, so if, if you are somebody who's who's looking to turn into this this set and, and you've heard purple music before, just know that that it is different enough. Uh, it, well, there's enough more uh, prevalent now that it warrants its own listening all over again. Um, there's various uh, degrees of uh, sound quality that have come out before. This trumps all of them. It is the clearer version that sounds much more polished than previous bootlegs. If ever there was a song that, that was completed but not released from this collection, this would be it. Um, it's got extra effects on it and, and great stereo separation on here. On headphones, this is a great track. Um I got to wonder, and we'll never know if it was something that maybe was worked on for this release. Uh, but what if that was the case, you know, don't tell me because I like the way it sounds. I like to think that this is the way Prince wanted it uh, in its last incarnation to sound. Um, and if it's not, well, then it's the best out there and it sounds awesome. You know, I love it. It's a highlight. I got to wonder also why this wasn't uh, released on the 1999 album somewhere or, or anywhere before now. I'm thinking, if anything, probably not to compete with uh, All the Critics Love You in New York. Um, and then also I have to wonder if it would have taken its place of that track. Um, mm -hmm. You have a purple titled track on an album. Would we have Purple Rain as far as a title or a track in itself? Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe it's better that it wasn't included that way, but it's here now. And I say enjoy it and, and take it all in. It's such a great release. Uh, it's just an obvious 10 out of 10. Big sexy. You know, <clears throat> with this one, I was not aware of this song until very, very recently. You know, a lot of people kept talking about it. I did hear it mentioned in the piano and, and a microphone tour. And I'm like, what's that? Duh. And I didn't know there was a studio version of it, obviously. But I recently read somewhere, I can't recall the article, but I read that this song, Elvis Costello, of all people, had done this song in a couple of his sets back in the early 80s because he apparently wow. heard it and loved it. And then he got the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just need to take that one out, play <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know, so I'm glad just <clears throat> for me, as a you know, completionist, there's a word again. I'm glad I get to hear it finally in studio, in studio quality because I didn't have any point of reference. When I heard it at the piano and the microphone, I thought it was something just whipped up for, for that tour. I didn't know. And I didn't know it was definitely from this vintage either. So I'm glad to have it in here. And it's kind of monotonous, but that's, you know, what he was going for. 
this is something that can be played in the background of like a club scene in like American Gigolo or something like that. You know, just it's relentless in its groove and that's good. That's great. All right. Yeah. I was like, I was Costello. I got to look that up. I never heard of that, but I'd be, I would, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Um, but uh, yeah. When I was, I was trying to track down the source of that article, I found another article that had like 20 rare covers. I'm like, damn, you know, I didn't know, you know, oh, wow. the guy from talking heads did a cover of the future in concert one day. I'm like, Whoa, the cat from the black crows did a version of raspberry beret, man. It's just, it's countless out there. How many people have been touched by this man's music? It's amazing. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Um, well, let's, let's keep it, keep it going. Uh, for some reason my screen got all jacked up. So I apologize. All right, here we go. Um, so next up is, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I have never heard this song before. Uh, at least I don't think I did. And this is one of the, again, I put this song in the same lines as, um, you know, you're all I want. Uh, turn it up. Delirious. And, and Prince was, he, he had that part of him where he was just these kind of pop, pop type of songs. I can't really see him doing this song personally, um, like putting it out, but I could have saw this. I could have seen somebody else perform this. Um, but so this is cool to me. Again, I, I don't hate it. I'm not playing it a lot, but I do enjoy it. I don't skip it at all either. Um, this is one that has probably grown me a little bit, but uh, I'm glad that this is on here because for me, it was something new. Uh, Big Sexy. I think you're absolutely right. This could be something that was written with someone else in mind to you know give it to someone else and let them do their thing with it like he did with the Kenny Rogers song. You know, like he did with Manic Monday. You know, he's like, you know, I'm not going to keep this, but maybe someone else can do something with it. So and it's probably one of those times where you have an idea in your head and until you get it out, you can't move forward. So it's like, let me just get this out. We put it on tape. And if it comes up an opportunity to use it with someone else, great. If not, it's, it's back there in the vault. And that's okay. Again, I don't skip it because I've never heard it before either, before this. And I like it because, again, it shows another side of the diamond. And that's always good. Yeah, I actually, I would put this up there with, uh, like, one day I'm, one day I'm going to be somebody. <laughs> it, was, it was like, I could see, like, if this was on a time album and it was like the clowning track and it was, we don't play like that shit over here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can just hear more as like, yeah, 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 no. It was almost like he's like spoofing some kind of song, you know, like that. Like this is what I could definitely hear this in those 80 movies that Aunt Pooh was talking about earlier. Like I could I could see him, the guy doing the Carlton dance to this. So but anyway, uh day drop. Okay, yeah, so th this this is a an earlier version than a than a previous version that did come out as a boot. Uh, I believe the version that came out was was from 1986 and it's a little bit more fleshed out in that it has more synth on it. Um 
uh, but this is an earlier version than that. This, uh, yeah, you know where the U is actually spelled out, Y-O-U. I thought that was interesting. But um, this, again, this is an earlier version that at least what I've heard. I'm surprised you guys hadn't heard this one before. But uh, this one, I like this version better. I can speak on it comparing it to the other one since, you know, I've, I've heard the other one. I like this one better um, because the, the previous one or the one that had come out before as, as, a, as a leak, that one, it went out, it goes on very long. It goes on for a long time. It takes a while for it to get started. Um, and uh, it, it, the ending just goes on and on and on and on uh, to the point where it gets annoying, to, uh, to, you know. And uh, but this one, it, it actually has an, an ending to it. it. It's it's just this is like some silly ass prince is what this one is. And I, and I like it. It's a good song. It's a good track. It's, it's happy go lucky. You guys go looking around. You'll find the other version here. It's debatable which one you guys would would like. I mean, I, the other one's a little bit more fleshed out, but it's too long. This one is a little bit more sparse. And as you know, sometimes less is more. And I think that's true of this version here. Uh, the lyrics are the same on both. Nothing changes on that. Uh, right down to... Uh oh. Mm -mm. Oh, we lost. <laughs> mm -mm. Maybe he'll jump back in here in a second. Uh, but there you go. Uh, yeah, you know. Well, maybe we'll get back uh, Ernie to jump back in here. So let's keep moving. Actually, let's take a break here. We'll let me see if I can. Face down. All right. All right. So we had a little technical mistake there. Fupa. But we are back. And uh, <laughs> a fupa. Fupa. Is that the word? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> why why isn't he here? Why isn't Anthony here for this? Oh. Fupa. 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 Hey, you know what? That's our man. own language here on this podcast. Oh. I, I like it. I gotta love it. Gotta love it. Oh Fupa. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna say that in court. We well, don't include a Fupa. Oh, fupa. <laughs> That's French, you understand. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's see. Oh, so we that's can, we're moving forward. Uh, so next up is Moonbeam Levels, and actually, we're going to go to Big Sexy first. Now, correct me if I'm mistaken. Isn't this on Forever? This was released prior. Yes, sort yes. of. Yes, okay, sort of. And again, I've heard it before. I I, I remember people were saying oh we can't wait to get it we can't wait to get it and once it came out i was like and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like this one a little more because the guitars are a little more featured in it but this is one of those rare opportunities or rare instances where the hype definitely was greater than that finished product because when when i when it got to me i'm like all right move me levels yeah let's get into it Okay, that was it? Well, damn. I mean, again, it's not bad, but I've heard a lot better. And I've expected a lot better and gotten it. This was not one of those times. Not that it was bad, but it just wasn't up to what I was expecting to hear. All right. Uh, day dropping. 
So, so one of the criticisms that I remember hearing from the forever version is that it came from a low quality uh, cassette. I don't know if that's true or not. One thing I can say is that on this particular version, it's actually a little bit longer than the version that came out on forever. Um, And right at the four minute and 12, four minute, 12 second mark, there's kind of like an ending coda that you can hear with the piano, you almost have to turn the volume up to hear it well, the piano and a little bit of guitar that really gives you the the proper ending to the song. It doesn't just fade out, it actually plays a little bit more, just a tiny bit more for another 10 seconds or so. As I understand it, there's also a version that has a beginning coda, but I've never, I, I've never heard that. I don't know. So I don't know. Take that with a grain of salt that that's correct or not. But for right now, this is the best version of this that, that we can get. It's, I've always liked the song way back when, when it was known as what, uh, Better Place to Die. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one of the the track listings that it would have back when it was on Boots. And I would hear it when it was super grainy. I liked it way back when, when I couldn't even tell what he was saying. Uh, had no idea what he was talking about or anything. And, and I liked the way it flowed back then. So it's kind of a song that's followed me throughout the years, that I've followed throughout the years, I should say. And uh, it has been a part of my growing into my adulthood and all that. So I have a, you know, personal attachment to it. Um, So when I got it in pretty good condition and it came out really in different versions of bootleg conditions throughout the years to the point where when it finally came out on forever, I could see why people were arguing that, well, we already have this on bootleg. All you guys did was just take one of those and put it on there. Maybe, maybe not. This version does sound cleaner still. And it, it does include that ending uh, coda part at, at the 412 mark. So I like this version. Um, I like the song. I've always liked the song. To me, it's a solid 8 out of 10. All right. Yeah, I agree with you. Every I've heard the song so much over the years. Uh but again, I do like that we get a you know clear version of this. But it's just one of those songs I've I've heard it so much that I sort of ignored a little bit here just because of it, it. Like you, it's just sort of followed me over the years. It's turned up on so many different bootlegs and things of that nature. So I've heard it just as if I would heard any other album track in my mind. Uh, but I'm glad that it is here though. Uh, because I believe it belongs with this as well. And again, for completeness sake, uh, this should be here. And it's a great song. To me, for whatever reason, it it sort of makes me think of Purple Rain-ish a little bit more, but, you know, I I love it. Moonbeam Levels is is, is, is a classic to me. Um, Let's just keep going, uh, barreling through here. Uh, Next up, I don't think I've heard this song before, but uh, No Call You. Again, I, 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 there's a lot of these songs on here that sort of fit on that same sort of pop, various type of <laughs> yeah. vibe. And this one is, is another one of those. I mean, he definitely had, just as much as he could have had some funk stuff, he had this, he was ready for this at any time. <laughs> he could rock with this type of stuff, um, which also makes me think of, um, there was that one obscure time track. It was unreleased, but they would do it live up. Uh, Dance to the beat. I don't know if you remember that. Dance, dance, dance to the beat. <laughs> I always felt like, what are they doing singing this? It sounds like I don't see them doing it. And this, this, these songs have that same sort of vibe to it. You know, it's just, that was a part of Prince's Wheelbarrow for a very long time. So I'm not surprised that there are a number of these, these types of songs on this release. Um, they drop it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard this one on, on Boots before, but it, it's very from 
poor to fair quality. So getting it here has been a huge leap in quality here. Again, props to, to the estate for that. Um, you know, it's a rockabilly plus funk type of track. You know, back then he was, it seems like he was doing these in his sleep. So um, again, is this one of those completest tracks? It's cool. Not much more to say about it. It's, it's a fun track. Uh, seven out of 10. At least you get it very clear now. All right, Big Sexy. This is another one of those songs, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, that could be featured in one of those 80s, you know, goofy comedies like, you know, Steve Patrol or whatever. That's what I hear. And again, considering the, the time of this project, it fits right in. You know, very poppy, very, you know, up-tempo, uh, it, it just captures that 80s vibe and the alligator shirts and the Varney glasses and all that crap. And it fits it right. It, it fits in that in that vein perfectly. I've never heard it before this. I was completely unaware of it. And I'm glad it's included. It gives, gives me something else that something else to listen to that I didn't know about before. And I, and I like that. All right, did we we all spoke on this one. Yes, we did. Okay, let's keep it moving. Here's where things start to perk up for me a little bit more. Uh, Definitely. Next up is "Can't Stop This Feeling I Got." Uh, of course, this song was a, uh, officially released as the first song on the Graffiti Bridge album, and I liked it back then. I was like, "God, this is great!" And I was like, "The sound of this is this is dope," but I always hated. Because you could tell they would faded it out. And I was like, this song is just getting grooving, man. What the hell is going on? And it's so interesting. It fades out and goes into New Power Generation, right? Um, so here we have what I'm assuming is the original version of it. I believe the song dates from 82. And we've had, you know, if you've heard bootlegs, this, this song... Uh, there's also there's a great recording of this from 86 uh, where it has a different take on it uh, with the full band. Uh, and that was how and that version is has been my version in my mind forever. Like because it goes right in. It, it goes from from this and then it goes into a girl of my dreams or is a girl of my dreams first. I can't I'm, in front of me. I can't I don't have it in front of me, but it makes its way to weak and funk. If you have not heard these successions of songs, do yourself a favor, hint to the next song, and go find it. It's probably on YouTube or something. It's brilliant. So to hear this takeaway, this take, this version of it, I was blown away by the way that it sounds because it's totally different from the ones I've heard before. And this, again, I actually would put this in like, if he did this in like Vagina, and some other tracks would have been a whole like Dirty Mind 2 or just the next where it was just like, you know, drums, guitars and some in prints. Like, God damn. I was like, God damn, this shit is banging. Like, I would have never expected this. And the fact that it's done so early on just is a headbuster to me. I, th I think this sounds great. You know, this is excellent and it, again i can't look at the graffiti bridge album the same way again i'm just like god i can't see him putting this 
the way it is on the graffiti bridge because it would sound like nothing else on there. It would be like so jarring production-wise. I love this, though, but it just goes to show like, man, he had so many great songs early on that he was sitting on. And this is just another great. I can't, I can't actually see this on Nice 99 because of the production is so different. But I mean, it, God, it, it just sounds unmistakably like Prince. And this is another, this was like, God, I love that they put this out. This, this was brilliant. Uh, big Sexy. This, this is one of those times where I, I, um, an article said, well, let me try that again. An article quoted Prince as saying, sometimes you'll write a song and it's not ready yet. And you'll put it away. You go back to it years down the line. It's had a chance to, uh, you know, marinate. Okay, now it's ready. Bring it out. This is one of those songs. In 82, it wasn't ready. In 86, it was a little more ready. And then finally, Graffiti Bridge, that's what he wanted to do with it. Uh, I do believe, and, I'm, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I do believe he offered this to uh, a new wave group called the Three O'Clock, and they turned it down. Was this one of those songs? Uh, I don't think so. I think it was no, like... This, this, I stand corrected. Um, one thing also in this version, the drum is really up, up front, really out in front there. And I don't know if that's Prince or Bobby. I'm guessing it's Prince. And you can just hear it. You can hear the the, the difference in skill. No, in technique between him and Morris. You can hear it. Uh, also... This song is on Graffiti Bridge, and I didn't realize that until you just said so. Because I never liked it on Graffiti Bridge. I like this a lot better. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I want to say, yeah, that's 3 o'clock was like Neon Telephone, what they did put out. I want to say Girl of My Dreams. I could be That's wrong. what it was. Okay. Girl of My Dreams. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, which was the other song I was kind of thinking about. In that sequence of songs that I was mentioning earlier, that he re redid these songs all at the same time. Um, Day dropping. You know, with all due respect, I like the song for its inclusion. I really don't. I'm not feeling it though. Wow. Um, you know, I've tried hearing it over and over again. To me, it's just repetitive. It sounds like um, just messing around with ideas type of song it really didn't sound like a full-on song at this point um i think it, it's something that that got like uh like mark said it you know it marinated and i think um when it got released that's when it needed to be released uh however i would like to have heard him i guess like finish this song off in this format you know, with this type of sound to see how it would have come off as a completed one with all lyrics and everything, you know, uh, the bridge and, and, and with with everything in it. I don't, it just sounds too, um, too, too, I don't know, sparse is the right word, but too um, uh, unfinished, I guess, is the right word for it for me. Um, I'll listen to it some more. But right now I've got there's so much more stuff on here. I'll listen to other stuff before this. So eventually you know, sometime down the road, I'll probably get back to this one and start listening to it a lot more. But for right now, not so much. I mean, I I almost don't want to give it a score because I, I really I know it's something that I need to listen to more. But if I give it a score right now, it's middle of the road for me. It's a five out of ten right now. 
I just I can't wow. get I can't Ooh. get I, I can't feel this one right now. I just can't. And I wish Aunt, Aunt Pooh was here because I know he had probably had something to say about about this track. Uh, you know, he'd probably be praising it, I would guess, but we'll never know. Man, you off the market now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's crazy. There's some Prince tracks that will do that. They will have yeah. different people having completely different thoughts on it. And that's pretty cool. I mean, that's a cool thing. But yeah, I, I can see myself uh, listening to this one and enjoying it down the road. Just not right now. Right. Not in its present company. Interesting. Uh -uh. Okay. All right. Well, let's keep this thing mo moving. Uh, next up is Do Yourself a Favor. Uh, this is this song has been out. This this song has a very interesting background to it. It initially uh, is is actually written by uh, Pepe Willie, who was uh, uh one of Prince's original, I guess you could say mentors, and uh, slightly one of his kind of managed him a little bit. Definitely helped him out back in the day. And shout out to Pepe. I uh, met him many a times. Real cool brother, man. Um, but this was one of his songs that he recorded. Uh, he had for his band uh, 95 East and it was it's actually called If You See Me 94 East what did I say 95 I mean 94 sorry yes 94 right. East and it's been released uh, on his he's had a number of different releases of that band of the music uh, over the years and um, I think the original one was called Minneapolis Genius featuring Prince yep Symbolic Beginnings uh one man jam. He's had a. That's why I love Pepe, man. He he kept he he keeps it rolling. So he had this out, but that was the original version of the song, which I believe Prince did play on that. And uh, I guess at some point in '92, Prince went in and re-recorded his own take of this song, which is what this is. But what's also interesting is back in I don't know, was it '85, '86? Um, the Shockadelic album Shockadelica album or Shockadelic album by Jesse Johnson this is also his version of Prince's re-recording of Pepe's song <laughs> is on Jesse's album which is very interesting so in terms of what was released Pepe thing I think came out first no actually I think Pepe's didn't come out till like in the 90s it was done way early but I don't think it finally wasn't released until like 90, early 90s. So Jesse's had the first version of this song in terms of what we heard. And I always remember listening to that song like, yeah, this I love this song. You know, this is cool. This is Jesse doing his thing. So it was a headbuster when finally hearing it on a bootleg, we heard Prince's version of this, which is very close to what Jesse sounded like. Not knowing the full story of it. And I always was like, man. Did Prince do, why was Prince doing Jesse Johnson's song? And I had no idea about the Pepe Willing connection either at that time. I was just like, wow, these brothers are connected. Like, who's, so Prince just did a version of Jesse's? Okay. But Prince shit is killing it. Like, you come to find out that actually, and I, I have them story correctly, Jesse was at, was, was uh, he went to go see John McClain who's a record executive who now runs the Michael Jackson estate. Um, but at the time, John McClain was the man. He was a record executive at A&M Records, where, of course, Jesse has a, had a, his record contract, and so did Janet Jackson. But somehow John McClain had a copy of this, on, this Prince thing on cassette tape. 
And I don't know all the details of it, and I'm sure y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but somehow Jesse got that tape from John McClane, and I guess he went and recorded his own version of it. This is very interesting, and if we ever get this Jesse interview, this will be one of the first questions I'm going to ask him, because I'm like, what, what was the story behind that? And I'm curious, did Prince sign off on that? Did Prince have any say in it anyway? Because it wasn't his song anyway. But obviously Jesse is basing his instrumentation off of Prince's take of that song. And now you know this and you look back and say, man, Jesse was, I seem like Prince was kind of low key or not low key taking shots at Jesse. But now he makes me wonder like, well, maybe he was supposed to be taking shots. Did he feel like he was biting his shit? So it's very interesting. I, you know, I, I really want to know what was going on with that. Because um, listening to this, you see where Jesse got his version from. And to go back to this Prince version, I've heard this ad nauseum over the years. I never get tired of it. Now that we have the crystal clear version of this, this is the shit. This song has always been the shit to me, but I love, love this. The way Prince does this, it, he has a it's, a, it's a lot more faster take on the song in terms of the tempo of it. And I always bug out because he's not doing any um, programming in terms of, these aren't like sequenced segments of the song. What I mean by that, you know, there's the synth line and which is a hard thing to play to be playing it as long as he does in that song and it's on point is it boggles my mind like god damn you gotta be playing your ass off to be, to be playing that stuff to me he's it's just it's, it's bananas to me man like it's like god damn he's killing it and then like when they start playing you know the chicken scratch and he he goes into the the jamie star thing Man, he's just killing it. I, I I love this. This is one of his great performances again to me. I've always loved this. It's so funky. Excuse me. So on the nose, Minneapolis. It is beautiful. Um, so I, I, I love that they put this on here. I don't care if it's been out for years. This never gets old to me. So I, 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 I jammed. This is one of the first ones I jammed. I still jam it. This is dope. Um, day drop. Well, first of all, Mike, thank you for the the history lesson on that one. I really didn't know all that about this track, so I'm glad to hear that. Um, it, yes, it's a great song. I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. Happy-go-lucky, but great song. And it's a song that does not wear out its welcome, even at nine minutes. Um, some tracks can do that. This one doesn't. Uh, at the six-minute mark, like I said, James Starr, the silly-ass prince, comes in, and he just, he brings it home. It's a great track. I've got really nothing else to add to it other than the score, which is quite obviously a 10 out of 10. This collection, man, it's got so many 10s and it's not even funny. And I just don't give those out willy nilly. I mean, this this is one of those things where these tracks are just there and they they, they work. And this is definitely one of them. I'm glad it's in the, the condition that it's in. Uh, we get it as pristine as it is. Sit back and enjoy it. Don't be scared by the nine minute uh, length time on this one. It doesn't get boring. Nah, it's a workout. As my man said, call up the colonel because he heard some chicken scratching. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's, just, he's clowning. Big sexy. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
this song has been on quite a journey. You know, it's like you said, Mike, uh, Pepe Willie did it first and it was released on the 98, 94, 94 East and the Symbolic Genius and all that other stuff. Jesse does it on his album, which is where I first heard it. Then Jesse did a B-side of it, which is a little different than the album version. I thought, okay, cool. Then I come across a bootleg of <clears throat> this song. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought this was Jesse's, it's Prince Biden, blah, blah, blah. I just looked up just now, for my own edification, the publishing on this song. Now, according to BMI, they are saying that Jesse wrote it along with Pepe Willie. So that mean that that could mean that Pepe Willie wrote it, and when Jesse did his stuff to it, he put something extra in there and got a, a co-writing credit. I don't know, but it is fifty percent his and fifty percent Pepe Willie's. So take that, you know, with what a grain of salt, I guess. This version cleaned up, smoking. I love it. I've always liked this song, though, always, and I'll never get tired of hearing it. And this is one of the all-time greats for me. And Pepe, if Pepe truly did, did write it, Pepe did his thing with this one. Because this is a great song. <clears throat> you know, Prince did it. Jesse did it. And it's a great song. A great song is always going to be a great song, no matter who does it. Yeah, no, nah, this is, uh, this just goes to show uh, Prince as a producer. Because if you go back and listen to the original, you know, song, uh, if you see me, and then you hear this. This is this one. It's like when it's, it's, it's princeified out. This is like, yeah. Let me show you how to do this. <laughs> let me do it. Let me let me do my thing on it. And he does his thing on it. So even if he didn't write it, he, he essentially makes it his own. Like you're like, God damn. Let don't let that kid hear your shit because he'll turn it out. And that's what he did. That's the old school term. When they're gonna turn it out, yeah, he turned this. Out and then added that funk and you know and he just clowned until the end. It's just grooving so hard. Just like damn, that's Prince, man. Like he'll get on some stuff and lace it, you know. Just so it makes you think sometimes when they'd be like, yeah, well, we were kind of jamming on this song together with Prince and blah 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 blah. But when you let, yeah, so you probably did. But the reason why it sound like it sound sound because you know Prince laced that bitch like. Let him get on there and get to tearing it up. That's the same way, like I would think of, uh, like Kiss or something. Like, yep, yeah, they they yep. was, you know, it started with the acoustic, and then he let them mess around. They did their thing, but then when he's like, oh, okay, let me, let me go ahead and put that stank on it. Let me show him how it really <laughs> pop off, you know. That's he's like, it's yours. Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> and this is one of them examples. Like, yeah, he'll lay some shit. Um, so there you go. All right, next up. Don't let him fool you. Uh, what I, I, all I can say is this is one of this has been one of my cuts for a few years. I'm glad that is now officially out there. It's uh, crystal clear. Is a little more at the, at the beginning, a little more at the end. This to me, this is my type of stuff. Uh, I, I fucks with this song heavy. I've always loved it. I somewhat wore it out, but now I'm back on it. It's just a groove. It ain't super deep or not. It's just as a as in the in the groove. Now, don't let them fool you. You know, sort of lighthearted and it's funny. 
is everything I love about Prince. And it's just a jam. You know, it's just jamming. So I, I, I love this. Uh, they drop it. Yeah. You know what? What else is it to say? It's a Michael Dean classic right here. <laughs> it's uh, it's funky. All I got to say is, um, you know, don't have no kink in your neck when you're listening to it. And no neck braces are allowed because you will move your head. Listen to this one. And, you know, it's a it's a 10 out of 10. This is a funky joint right here. Enjoy it. Uh, I mean, those of us in, in 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 the deep end have heard this for a bit. For those who are barely hanging out, I say enjoy it and and just have fun with this one. You'll be hearing it. It's going to be on repeat. I can guarantee you it's going to be on repeat. All right. Big sexy. I guess I must not be in a deep end because I have never heard this before. (laughs) You know, it's got his old school falsetto in it. Uh, Music is tight. Um, Again, I get the vibe that this is something else that is more of a project to be used at a later date and maybe for someone else. I don't think this was something that was ever going to be fleshed out for inclusion on any of his stuff. You know, so maybe he had plans for who knows back then to give this to someone else. I mean, it's quirky. It's funk light. You know, it's like that low calorie funk, but it's okay. It's okay. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> low calorie funk. Gotcha. Next up, this was a head buster for me. Teacher, teacher. This song has been circulating for a while. But it has always had a heavy uh, influence, or at least I assumed influence of Wendy and Lisa. It was one of those songs like, oh, yeah, that's when they do, you know, parade era, blah, blah, blah. They're going to have that on there because they had a whole dream factory, blah, 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 blah. Well, on the other hand, (laughs) apparently this was a Prince production from back in the day. And I'm going to say this. This sounds incredible. I've heard this song ad nauseum, but not this version. The guitars come through crystal here. All of it's in here. His voice and everything, it's all in there. This, it's almost like a country vibe to a funky country that Prince can bring out from time to time. And I think this is absolutely brilliant of a song. This to me shows, it makes me rethink some things that I've said to myself or said, well, you know, oh yeah, Wendy and Lisa, man, they put this, that, that, they put that. They dope. They, this stuff is dope, but this just goes to show me he didn't need nobody. He had it all ready. This sound right here, again, I think you could have put this on an album with Can't Stop, Vagina, and what was the other one? Um, God, I think I'm forgetting something, but this is, this is, man, this was dope. I I love this. This this sounds so good. It's so full. Brilliant Prince. Love teacher, teach. Uh, The way he's singing it, it, it's just, it's a complete, to me, this is a complete song. You don't need to be touched. And I like those other versions, but now listening to this, I almost feel like they overdo it's it's sort of drowning out with what's already there. You don't need to touch this. You don't need to touch no prince. He's dope. That's all I can say. Big sexy. 
Yeah, I got to co-sign what you said about Wendy and Lisa because I always associated this with, you know, the stuff they're working on together, all three of them. But no, this is his. This is his straight up and down. And it does sound finished. And it also sounds like something that would have been like a around the world a day slash parade B-side, right? Right in there. Because it has a type of almost, almost jangly guitars but it's not quite there and it has that the hint of that whole raspberry beret slash paisley park vibe to it again but it's not quite there and maybe he needed to let it percolate for a while and bring it out then i don't know but i do know that i enjoy it yeah you know what it actually reminds it's it's more it's a more fleshed out of the sound that to me of uh when you were mine you know, yeah. it's like it's like oh you learn some more tricks and different things but it, it, it's that same type of thing like if they would have recorded when we were mine later it would have been even a, it would have sounded thicker like this I, it's, to me they sound very similar but um they drop it well um you know the it, here, here's the thing i'm i'm spoiled by having heard the uh wendy what we'll call now the wendy and lisa version of of teacher teacher uh, I'm very spoiled by that. So that's what I have to go on and, and compare this one to when it should be the other way around, apparently. And that's pretty interesting to know that that the comparison should go the other way. Um, but uh, I'm so used to hearing that when the Nissan one right now, it's difficult for me to, to steer away from that. This is a great version right now. It's a cool version. I like it for everything that you guys have said. I just need to hear this one a little bit more. So I'm going to stay very on the fence with this here. You know, um, I like the Wendy and Lisa version, but this one is gritty and has more guitar. So it's kind of like for me right now, it's kind of like pick your poison, you know. Uh, but I think I like my poison with Wendy and Lisa today. However, this is a 100 percent grower. It's going to be that's going. those two versions are going to be battling it out real soon. And um Right now, I do like the Wendy and Lisa version a little bit more than this one, but this one is it's it's nipping on its toes right now, and and it's about ready to take over. So uh, as a score, you know they're both equally right now eight out of tens. But um, I don't know, man. I, I can see the score changing on this one soon. I got to give it a few more listens. I I feel you. To me, I just don't see what they brought to the table on this person. <laughs> I mean, now this because everything from the harmonies is there. To the plan, I, I I don't hear nothing they brought to the table that wasn't already there. But 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 I, mean. I think it's like the, a little bit of the the synth composition that's on it. A lot of his songs around that time sounded that way, and I think it was due to their influences. I don't know that for a fact. That's just my thoughts on it. I think that that's how they influenced him at the time, because around the time when you had Sign of the Times or, or, or Crystal Ball or Dream Factory, the songs had a certain vibe to them. Just listen to um, uh, Ah. You, you mentioned it earlier uh, from it's from the sign of time album that that they also did strange, strange you, relationship yeah strange relationship compare that their version with them versus him alone you know they they added their their, their certain thing to it and he was receptive of that i think that's true of the teacher teacher version as well um but again this one i'm not knocking this version at all it's, it's yeah, it, I, it almost sounds like two different songs i need um, to hear an unaltered version of strange relationship yes yeah. that's, that's the that's what they so they better 
It better be working. That needs to be included. That needs to <laughs> be included. And a longer there. version. I need to hear because it starts to fade and you start to hear that 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 keyboard bass and I I know uh-huh. that's some Prince playing. That ain't no ain't no that definitely ain't no Lisa getting down like that. So I, I'm very curious to see <laughs> where that's coming from. But yeah, no, no knock on this track though. No knock on this track at all. All right, all right, all right. Uh, next up here is the. This is an interesting one. This is a lady cab driver. I want to be a lover. Head and a little red Corvette tour demo. And I almost would say this is like some original purple medley type stuff. But early on, you know, from the nineteen ninety nine tour, it's very interesting to hear Prince do sort of a melody type thing of his new stuff with, I would say, I Want to Be a Lover would be considered an older song at that point, but still, uh, this is very interesting. Uh, We're going to Big Sexy first to give us a take on it. All right, this is the one for me. This is the standout piece in this album, this project, whatever word you want to use. You have the tour demo, which to me implies there are, in a sound stage or on an empty stage working through this. And he's saying, look, this is how it's going to go. And with this one, they, they start off with lady cab driver, little instrument, like, okay, Hey, then they go right. into I want to be your lover. I'm like, Oh shit. And then at the end of I want to be your lover, he goes, give some head on the two baby. Boom. And they go on the head and then they kick it up even further with a segue segue Anthony it's a little red Corvette this is excellent I can give me a whole box of this I'll never leave the house it is magnificent I love watching that's why I like watching the sound checks whenever I go to a show I always go early to watch this and you know we all know that with a print sound check that's like a damn near concert itself and so you give me a whole you know recordings of this I will be ecstatic. I love this. This is a standout to me. All right. Day dropping. Okay. Um, You know, we hear, I think this is the perfect closer for this, for the two um, uh, vault CDs, because, you know, you, you hear the, the, we we hear a lot of um, seeds, in these tracks, right? These are the seeds that later on blossom up to something else. And sometimes the seeds are better than the end result. Um, But we hear a lot of those kind of tracks on here. What you rarely hear is the seeds to the live performance. And I think that getting a sneak peek behind that live curtain is just as interesting as getting a sneak peek into the studio when he's working on a track and, and hearing the different versions of a track and the evolution of the track. We're kind of, we're privy to hear the evolution of a live performance. And um, I think that that's awesome. You don't get to hear that often um, unless you, you're privy to like, like what Mark said, uh, uh, a sound check, but this is before even the sound check. This is when we're, this is how we're going to prep this. This is the blueprint that I'm laying down for you guys you know prince saying this is the blueprint here's how we're going to do this and he plays it and he's like okay and this is how it's going to be done and um i think it's extremely interesting to be able to hear this i think this is a perfect ending to this um you know people can argue that maybe this took the place of uh of extra lovable unless you always haven't been excluded from this and that might very well be but you know what it's not a placeholder it it stands on its own as an 
end piece to this CD and to this collection of two CDs of, of uh, previously uh, uh, unreleased uh, tracks. It's, it's great. I really like it. I like hearing it. I like hearing the way he segues from one song to another to another. And it's just it's 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 the thing of beauty. And I'm not big at listening uh, on on um, these type of tracks, the live tracks and stuff. I'm not very big on that. In fact, I haven't heard the the live version CD only but bits and pieces because uh, that's not really my thing. But hearing this track here was v- a whole lot of fun. I'll be hearing this one over and over again, just to just to kind of get a glimpse as to the thought process of go, that goes into the live performance. For me, it's a perfect closer, perfect uh, bookend to this. It is also a ten out of ten. All right, I pretty much agree with everything you guys said. This is a brilliant look into the process of you know going to the stage and sort of giving the the band like, "Yo, learn this. This is the flow." Uh, what this is going to be about. Uh, I, I hope this sets a precedent for, you know, special editions going forward that they include stuff like this, um, particularly, uh, you know, as I think what, what could be next, like if they did parade, there was so many great tour and rehearsal elements from that era that can be, that would be great for something like this. Uh, of course, Sign of the Times, you know, Love Sexy. That's when, you know, the band just went bananas during these years. So there would be a lot of great things that they could use for something like this. Uh, what I want to do at this point, we're going to sort of wind down here, but I want to uh, encapsulate the things that we've talked about these last two uh, Volt Track discs and sort of give our final takes on that. Um, I will say this, of everything that has been released uh, after Prince's death, I, I think this set here is probably the most comprehensive and uh, detail-oriented so far. Uh, and this year has been crazy. I can't imagine, like we had the originals, right, a, f- a few months ago. Um, or earlier this year, and now they get this in the same year, and it'd be such a jam-packed package. Uh, this is a, I mean, this I would have never dreamed of getting a release like this. This was, to me, I think this is as close to what a hardcore hardcore fan would have wanted. You know, we always wanted. You know, we wanted the regular album, then we wanted the unreleased stuff, and here they even gave us a live DVD and a live disc uh, and, you know, in this great packaging or whatever. Uh, so I tip my hat. This is a phenomenon. I, when I first announced that there was going to be like 30 some odd unreleased tracks, I was like, oh, shit, there's no way they're going to do. <laughs> but they did that. That's so that's phenomenal. Um, and the tracks sound great. There's a mixture of some things we've heard before, a lot of what we haven't heard before. So I am just like blown away by this overall uh set here this this is just a, it, it's great if it can only get better i don't think we're ready like so this is fantastic uh and Poo, not and Poo's not here uh, day dropping just what's your overall thoughts on this this whole thing well, you kind of touched on it a little bit. When we, I recall before the Performing Deluxe came out, we were talking about, we dedicated a little part where we said what we would like to see on it, and we got fantastical with it. And I think um, 
it, it's almost like the estate heard that and they 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 gave it to that to us in this release because pretty much just about everything that you would want is in this release. It's it's not really holding much back. Um, you can nitpick it, sure, and there's always room for that, but you can't really fault what's there. It, there's a it, it's a very comprehensive view of that time frame um, with extreme endorsement and that's another thing i really like that a lot of publications a lot of reviews are extremely positive of this because that almost ensures that the level this 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 is the bar and and that that cements this as the bar and you got to reach that or better and i don't see why moving forward the uh, the estate wouldn't want to do that you, you mentioned uh, Parade being next, if it was next, or even Sign of the Times. My God, there is so much stuff to look at and to see. Um, you know, just to do, just to kind of go on that really quick. Imagine Sign of the Times where they release a concert from Europe on that to be able to see on the DVD. That just it's head busting right there. Uh, but for on this release here, man, I've got, I got, I really have no qualms on it. Again, I'd have to really nitpick it, and that'd be me being nitpicky for the sake of being nitpicky i'm very pleased with it um i haven't gotten the physical release yet it's on its way i'll be very happy when i get it uh, i want to read the liner notes on it and, and see what's going on with that and, and just soak that all up um but you know just knowing that this release is out there and that it would likely will likely set a bar i'm i'm just very optimistic for the releases that would be coming out this point going forward uh performing deluxe it was a good try and it was fun and i enjoyed what was there but i'm sure we can all agree that it could have been better well the 1999 release most definitely is better and much better and i'm hoping that that this is the new bar and that things come out are even better still because the man is so prolific that there is room to make a comprehensive very cool very enjoyable set from any era going forward he has that much stuff in there as far as this release if you're still thinking whether if you're listening in basing the, these podcasts on whether you should get it or not by all means get it you are not disappointed if you happen to by any whatever reason decide to download it get it anyhow Get it anyhow if you get it from places where and download it and think, oh, I already got it. No, no, you owe it to yourself to get the the, the legit copy because it is that good. It, it, and it warrants that. This set, I would not have imagined it to be as good as it is. Let's put it that way. I'm very impressed with it. And I think it's something that that everybody who, who's a, a fan of Prince or a fan of music in general should be getting. Because uh, he touched so many different people in terms of his style and he influenced so many different people. This isn't just for the fan. This is for a fan of music. And I think people should should be getting that on that basis. All right. Big Sexy, what are your final thoughts? With this one, the estate and the people behind the curation of all this, they nailed it. And the good thing about this from a business standpoint is... With all the releases, <clears throat> the estate, I'll just, I'll just say the estate, has been really getting a good defined look on their target audience. Um, the originals hit pretty hard. Uh, going back to forever, eh, mm, mm. it was all stuff we all had. That was not a big deal. Then they you know, did piano or microphone. 
the Purple Rain Deluxe, <clears throat> and each each release, they're trying something different. Like, okay, we know who our audience is. We know what they have. Let's give them what they don't have. And if they do have some of this stuff, let's give them the original, cleaned up, proper release versions of this stuff. And that's what they're doing. You know, they're listening to their to their base, and that's us. And they're giving us what we're asking for. Um, for a project of this size, you know, talks about the artist himself that he actually has and has performed and written and recorded all of this music, all of it. So we want to hear it. Now, a lot of people get into the ethical considerations. Well, he didn't want it out, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's above my pay grade. If they're going to put it out, I'm going to buy it. And going forward, I'm thinking the next logical step is probably going to be Parade because Parade, Purple Rain, 1999, quote unquote, all are revolution era things. And that's fine. When they get to Sign of the Times and they're going to get to it, that's when it really takes the big change and gets even better. You know, for me, because Mike said earlier, we don't want people going in there and saying, well, he wanted more hi-hat here and, you know, more drum there and all that. No. However, my complaint with Sign of the Times is the whole bottom end is just not there. I don't know if that was a mistake. I don't know if that was a limitation of their equipment. I don't know. But if they go back and give me the natural bottom end that it should have, I can die a happy man. And then you have the video footage. If they come across with the Love Sexy from Dortmund show, bring that here on, you know, Blu-ray or 4K, shit, they'll make a killing. They'll make a killing. And the thing is, these things makes the relationship between the estate and us, the audience, almost symbiosis in a sense we need them to give us what we ask for and they need us to support it and that seems to be what's happening here so everybody is for the most part happy with it because each release gets better and better and you can see the amount of care they put into this and i'm all about that they're not brushing it out they're not they're not going the michael bay route yeah i said it you know trying to make it all flash and bang bang no they want quality, and they're giving us quality, and we're just eating it all up too. So let's let's keep it going. Yeah, yeah, and just and, and I'm glad we're going here. Just sort of some, what are some things that uh, could they even improve going forward? And I just kind of feel like this where we're going down uh, as well. And I think the biggest thing I would, the biggest takeaway I would say about these, and I think they kind of did this with this, it's not necessarily they have they have to have. Uh, monetary uh, sales in mind. This is a product, right? That, that they're not putting these out for, for no other reason but that. But I think they can uh, dial in, like you said earlier, know your audience. And for sure, the deluxe edition is for the hardcore Prince fan. That is not, you know, no casual music person is going to buy that, right? It's, just, it's a higher ticketed item. Uh, people, you know, it's not a casual purchase. 
But I think if you market it toward the super fan or the hardcore Prince fan, they're going to buy that. You know, especially if you, you know, you give them their money's worth, which I feel they did here and you, you put in on the packaging and all that. That's what that is made for. And, I, and I'm glad that they have. So they have multiple tiers of this release. There's just the standard album, you know, version, right, that you could buy then all the way up to the super deluxe or whatever. Um, so I think that's the way to go forward with these things. And I also and I see some people, you know, sort of I don't want to say upset, but definitely have some pushback on it. Um, you know, this entire thing, minus the videos, are on the streaming sites, right? Uh, yeah. You can get yeah. all, the whole thing is up there. And I don't have a problem with that. And I'll say why. Because, again, the super fan is going to buy the physical product. That's what it's there for. They know this. They want that. And you shouldn't feel bad that you bought that if that's something you want. I think for people who either A, are not that deep into it or can't afford or whatever, you, you put it on these streaming services, it's on YouTube. That's where we're at today. I don't think it cuts into the sales per se. Again, if you are a hardcore fan, you're going to go buy that regardless. I, I would hope even the fans who got it before it came out where it leaked are still buying the actual product because they're fans of it. I so know I, I am. Yeah, so I don't think that putting it on YouTube or you know, Spotify, these places, takes away from anything. I think it opens it up for the people who would not even consider buying it in no way. Now they can sit there and they might fall in love with this. They might, because, oh, this is the new, some new prints. Let me check this out and start listening to it and be like, God damn, this is good. Like, whoa, I've been listening to these unreleased and some of these songs I heard. This is excellent. I want to hear more. And I think that it's a, you know, it's a great gateway drug, <laughs> a super pill, if you will, to get them sucked into the purple world. So I think it's it's not a bad thing that it's it's like that. I mean, that's the business. That's the you know, that's how the business works nowadays. And it's not a bad thing, per se. I mean, the honest truth is this thing is not going to be a number one seller. And that's not a, that's no knock on his talent. Uh, it's not even no knock necessarily on the promotion. I mean, it is what it is. He wasn't the number one seller in the last few albums when he was alive. So I don't know why it would, all of a sudden you think they're going to go rush out and spend $60 to go buy this thing. That's too much for normal people. So I'm, I, I'm glad that it's available however you get down. But Prince is there. That's the important thing. And at the end of the day, it is about this music. It's about getting that music out there. And it, once people get to hear it, it gets into them. You know, they get infected. And it's, ah, okay, you on board? Yeah, I'm digging that. So it's all about getting his music out there. Love it. Um, I don't have the physical thing yet. So I haven't seen all of the stuff in there. I haven't read the commentary parts by, you know, I was going... I was kind of going in on Duff a little bit and, and different things. Um, I don't take back anything I said with that, but I'm saying as you move forward, yes, it would be great that they open it up and get other people too that, uh, who have, uh, even some more knowledge about, uh, the music in context, uh, that particular style or, and I love to have Dwayne's. I'm actually looking at some of the screenshots from the, the booklet and he was breaking down every song and giving you, there's where this song comes from. I, I see now money don't grow on trees is from 81. It's crazy. Um, so I love that they do that, but 
Yeah, you you have to. Um, and, and I'm gonna say this because I think it needs to be said, but I'm not gonna harp on it. Uh, we are talking about Prince, so we want to make sure that his uh, the people that are a part of this is a diverse background. It ain't got to be all black people. It ain't got to be all white people, Asian or whoever. But it should be. Uh, everybody should be in there. That, that's all I'm saying. This one. It, it wasn't like that. That's and I'm not lying, right? But I'm not saying, and I'm not saying this to say anything disparaging about the people that are on there because they are all solid people. Uh, they're doing their thing and they 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 putting Prince's legacy first. But we are talking about Prince, and if this was the stuff that he was talking about, then you would kind of want to follow to make sure that we keep a represent representation of what he would have, what he was talking about, and what he would expect. So. It's just common to me. That's common sense. It ain't so, and we're not gonna harp on it. We're just gonna keep it a buck and keep it moving. Uh, but with that said, uh, going forward too, um, I just think that they can just stay on this level of quality and even challenge themselves. And and again, not necessarily caring about is it gonna sell fifty thousand copies or a hundred thousand copies. If we know. Hardcore fans is going to buy like 20,000 copies and they're like $200 a pop and we can throw in all that super, you know, have that ultra edition. I think you should do that. You know, that to me, that's, this is who this is made for. In my opinion, the super deluxe edition version. So I hope that it's successful enough that they do do this for the next ones going forward. And they don't just go back to, ah, let's just do it like the purple rain one. Keep it real simple. No. You know, so that means us, the fans, we got to go out and buy that deluxe version and let that sell out so that they know, oh, they, they want this. They, they want to keep, they, they want us to do this for the next one. So that's, that's where we have to come to the table uh, on our side. Uh, any other thoughts? One thing <clears throat> about this set, I'm talking the LP Super Deluxe Happy Hour version of it. It reminds me of back in 84 when the company called Mobile Fidelity Sound Labs, they did a box set of the Beatles and of the Rolling Stones. And you, you will see these in like old, cool vinyl record stores. They're, in a, they're both in a big cardboard or big wooden box. And now they go for $1,000 a pop. But I bet when they first came out, they were pretty pricey as well. And Mobile Fidelity knew they're not going to sell this at the platinum level. They knew this. Because it's not for the general public. It's for us. So as long as they continue to do things, like you said, Mike, that are tiered for us, and you have a smaller tier for them, it's going to sell. Because anything that they do with the extra extra sheen on it we're going to be into that's a given and the more they do expand who they talk to i'm all for that too you know i don't want to just talk to one person i don't want to talk to you know person x well, let's talk to so-and-so he's our prince guy no he's not get lost you know the more varied <clears throat> the people you talk to are to me makes it more interesting you know when you talk to people who were there that's great 
when you talk to scholars who have done the work and the research, like Dwayne, that's great. And when you talk to other musicians from another world, like, yeah, man, that was my thing. That's great because it gives people that platform and not to sound maudlin, but it also gives a lot of people an opportunity to get that closure who are still dealing with this. You know, Morris did that in his book. You know, a lot of people are dealing with it in different ways still. And what the estate is doing is giving people that chance to to address that and to feel better about it and understand it and move forward. And it also gives us a chance to look at all of our, let's just call it import material, and we get it officially from the estate, and we can support that now. And that's great, because we've said before, all of us have said, hey, man, if it's out there, I'll buy it. And the estate's like, okay, let's see who's, who's talking. And we're buying it. And that's great, and I can see this going on for several years. No doubt, no doubt. And I'm just double down on what you said, just to be clear. So I'm, I'm saying, too, because this is, this is the thing, you know, this album is a historic, you know, sort of timepiece of that period, right? At least the, the, the deluxe edition would be, you know, it encapsulates a lot of what that time is. And so when they have, uh, that's why I say, you know, the, I think the biggest thing going forward is you sort of try to put the other projects that were around that era should be in there, like the vanity and things. And so if they do a parade, you know, I would love to see the family, you know, cycled into that um, and then have the conversations with those people that were there. So like with this one, I was the only missed opportunity. I, and, I'm, and I think it may be, I don't have the book, so I don't know, but there should definitely be the commentary from Morris. <laughs> like he's, he's still around. Right. So he can shed light on, Oh yeah, I played on that. So let me tell you what was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you don't, it, you want to make sure you have that because it, it encompasses that, that piece and who could better tell you it than the guy who actually is on the recording you're selling. You dig what I'm saying? So when you have that, Morris should still have his book, but it'd be a damn shame if he's not in there talking about it so he could really tell us or Jill or Dez or, or Lisa, whoever. Yeah, you definitely have the engineer's input. But again, we are here to also, I want to hear the, the performer actually, no, the, the, the artist, you know, and, and, and it'd be the same way again. If it was, if they said, well, we'd rather, because it would sell more, have Beyonce write an essay in here versus having Morris, I would still call fouls. I'd be like, eh, I mean, I get from a business standpoint why you might want to put her name on that because she might sell. But from a historical point, she wasn't even born yet and since she didn't play on it. So I would rather hear <laughs> the guy who was actually on this record than to hear an outsider's perspective, though insightful it could be. It'll never be more insightful for, than the actual artist. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you want to make sure when you do a historical statement like this, if you don't have the, the uh, thoughts of the people who did it, then you're missing something. You're missing a great deal. 
Um, that's that's what they so moving forward. They definitely make sure they want to do that before these people aren't around anymore. You know, I want to go ahead and uh, double down on that a little bit because you know Mike and I have gone back and forth about the whole thing with Duff being on here. But the way you put it just now makes perfect sense because I know I was looking at my um my ballot for the Grammys this year. And I'm going to go ahead and say names. I don't give a shit. I know if they had put somebody like Ariana Grande or Billie Eilish in there, I would be homicidally pissed off. <laughs> okay, seriously. So you weren't there. You can like the music. That's great. Enjoy it. But you weren't there. You don't get to speak on this. Not you. You haven't, you haven't wor- worked on it. So no, I exactly agree with that. You know, get people who were in the studio, who are with us. You know, I had an opportunity to speak to Jill a few months ago. And if you know Jill through Facebook or Twitter, oh, she ain't, she is not shy and letting you know what's up. So she would be great to speak to, you know, and if a person declines to talk, that's okay too. But you've made the effort to reach out and give them a form to say what their experience was like during that time frame, And that's, that's what we want. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it it wouldn't be any question if it was anything else. So, and I don't know if it was a question here, but it just seems like, again, I I use the Beyonce thing because I it might be an easier way to look at it. But I can see why they make moves as a business. But at the same point, we're in a unique situation where you still have these guys around. Uh, and I, I I wouldn't think none of them would not want to be included on something that's big like this, right? And it's because it's a representation of them as well. Uh, and it's they, like knowing you know, your audience. You know, yeah. the audience wants to hear from, we want to hear from them. Exactly, you know, exactly. You guys were there. We want to hear from the people who made it, who made the music. That's what we want to talk to. Well, there you go. We're going to we want to say shout out to Day Dropping. I think he had to drop out uh, and leave. Uh, but definitely, All right, Ernie. Yeah, thank you right, for uh, coming in. And we're going to call it here. We'll come back at another point and do the review of the concert stuff. But uh, we just definitely want to definitely talk about the, you know, the audio and the songs and different things. And I'm curious. I would love to hear you guys' opinions on everything you heard here. Um, also, what you think of these releases, uh, this particular 1999. Um, thank you, Big Sexy. Thank you to Aunt Pooh. This has been a marathon uh, review here. Hopefully it was entertaining. Um, Listen, I always say this all the time, but um, if you haven't already, please check out our Patreon page. We have a podcast juice has its own Patreon and we actually have uh, a Patreon only Prince related podcast that is on there. And that's the only way you can get it. If you join our Patreon page, you can join for as little as a dollar. It's a great way to help, uh, you know, keep the site going and keep this podcast going. It's a lot of work. Uh, so we definitely would appreciate it. And yo, as I always say, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace. Come on. Way that I live, that's positive, and it's a mess.